Cheers. Cheers. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Wait, are you allergic to peanuts? Oh, mm -hmm. well, it's happened. <laughs> so for those volunteers who are listening right now who are still in service, they should know that we're eating peanut butter Snickers. It's like a Reese's. It's like a crunchy peanut butter. I love crunchy peanut butter. I didn't used to like crunchy peanut butter before Peace Corps. So you're so desperate for texture. Right. I was so desperate for any kind of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fine. I'll even eat crunchy peanut butter. I started making my own. You made homemade peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Roast. I mean, I bought peanuts, roasted them, ground them up in a mortar pestle first. Wow. Then put them in my blender. Fresh honey, a little bit of salt to balance it out. Holy shit. Ate that so quick. Wow. It didn't last. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would do is I would um, fry a piece of bread. So like, I would like pour oil in the pan and then I would fry bread because I didn't have a toaster. Yeah. So I would just fry the bread. That doesn't sound terrible. Eat that. It's not bad. It tastes like sunflower oil, you know, because that's mm -hmm. what you fry it in. I thought of the best thing that we can do for the Peace Corps community is like <laughs> the next time we make a video, it should just be food porn. Essentially just like <laughs> all the best food, you know, mouthwatering, delicious. You know, we can send it to all the volunteers who are currently living in a hut and eating yeah. ants. It is actually kind of too bad this wasn't the food episode. I know. we talked about food so much. Snickers. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you about is um, your your first album. Oh. Because you told, me, to it, yeah. you told me just the other day, your, your first album, Socorro Little by Little, which you which was inspired by and recorded during your Peace Corps service, yes. you're sort of trying to phase it out. Yeah, I don't like it. I listen to it and I I think it's just the I don't know. I think anyone, especially people who are in the art world or artists or we're, we're, we are the most critical yeah. of ourselves. Yeah. And so now the more I get to understand the recording like science of things, like the technology part, the more I become obsessed in a very bad way of what I could have done better, what I should have done. That's what I don't like about it, but yeah. I don't like how I'm becoming super, super critical of it. But I love, I still cherish that time. Yeah, yeah. So essentially the last place to get a copy of your first album is on poshcore.com. Yep, a physical copy. 15 more is all we have left. <sighs> Better hurry. Actually, your your decision to sort of phase out your first album and make it unavailable to the public for right now was sort of what inspired me to come up with the theme for this week's episode, ah. which is transitions. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke to a volunteer who just got back four months ago, um, and so she she actually first came to see me uh, about a month after she got back. Um, she's a friend of my wife's from, from way back, and she just sort of seemed like I don't know. She seemed insubstantial, like she would mm. blow around in the wind. And then a couple months later, she'd gotten a job, moved to Oakland, West Oakland. And now she just seems like struggling to be American. Ah, um, uh, yes. So I spoke with her about all the issues of coming back to America at this time with what's going on in America right now and how that's affecting her transition back into the U.S. You're listening to the Poshcore Podcast with Alan and Sakor. This episode is Transition. So, um, could you tell me your name? Okay. My name is Lauren Schwartzman. And could you tell me, uh, where did you do Peace Corps? In Panama. What was that like? 
Um, it was good. <laughs> it was a roller coaster, like I think Peace Corps is for a lot of people. Um, so when did you get back from Peace Corps? I got back about four months ago, um, at the very end of March. Um, I was really, I was really ready to be done. I was really ready to come home, and so I just felt so much joy seeing my parents. And, um, and at the beginning, I pretty much just hung out in their house, so I kind of avoided a lot of culture shock that way in the beginning. I think so. I at first was thinking, oh, this is like this adjustment thing is really easy. I don't know why people make such a big deal out of it. I was just kind of enjoying. Everything. So how long did it take for that for that to change? I think it was about maybe two months since I'd been home that I went to a professional conference and also to see some friends that I hadn't seen and all of a sudden I was filled with this like anxiety and I needed to drive a car on the highway and all of that and I got to the conference and there were all of these people talking and I was supposed to be really outgoing and I had kind of like a strange reason for being there that wasn't typical so I had to explain myself and I felt super overwhelmed by all of that. Like I just did not fit in and I didn't know how to behave and I was like had anxiety that everyone could see that. <laughs> um, so yeah. So knowing what you know now about the adjustment process, if you could go back to Panama for a couple weeks and talk to some current volunteers who are just about to go, what's what's the best advice you could give for them? Mm, I would say to just be kind to yourself and compassionate to yourself about it because, you know, especially if you talk to people who don't know what it's like at all, they might think, oh, well, you've been back for a few months. Like, why aren't you just over it? Um, or what do you mean you need to readjust? You were only there for a couple of years and you lived in the U.S. your whole life before that. Um, and even with myself, I think I'm adjusted and done and then something will hit me and I have to remember to, to tell myself that it's okay to still be working through this. Um, so I guess that's what I would say. Do you feel like you're fully adjusted? No. <laughs> no. No, no. What do you think it is that it's making you feel out of place. I mean, it's, yeah, carrying my Peace Corps experience with me everywhere I go and the new perspective I have on American culture and so many little things throughout the day catch your attention. And these are things that probably people who, who haven't spent a long time in other countries, it doesn't catch their attention. Um, I don't know if it's weird to bring this in, but I just started reading this book called The Racial Contract. Um, and it's about sort of white people getting together and having this, creating this reality for themselves and deciding to believe in it together in which, you know, white people are superior to people of other races. And this one sentence really, really struck me, which... Um, he's saying it's a contract among white people to kind of keep the power and, and the money and that even if you're not a signatory of this contract, even if you're not actively, you know, behaving in a racist manner, you're still a beneficiary of it if you're white. So do you, do you feel like you've noticed white privilege more 
or you understand more about what pri white privilege means in the United States now? I definitely understand more about what white privilege means in the U.S., and I've been thinking about that a ton since I've gotten back. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly why that is and what changed for me, what I saw or experienced in Panama that changed that for me. Um, part of it was maybe seeing there's a lot of overt, outspoken racism in Panama. And at first you're like, oh my gosh, these people are so racist. You know, they're, they're actively talking about how bad black people are, or how, you know, not intelligent indigenous people are. Because I was in a Latino community and they, I guess, just didn't really acknowledge the fact that they were mixed, mixed European and indigenous descent. And so, but then you sort of think, wait a second, we're, we just like to pretend that that's not true in the U.S. We're just as racist, if not more. We just like to pretend, you know, just sweep it under the rug and pretend like we're not. So you came back, like, right about the time uh, that sort of all of the Black Lives Matter things started happening. Was that an interesting welcome back to the U.S.? Yeah, that was wild because I started hearing s s news about that while I was still in Panama. Um and trying to follow it a little bit, but feeling really disconnected. And that was something that I actively, coming back to the U.S., thought to myself, that's something I need and want to understand better. And I need to live somewhere where people are talking about it and doing things about it. Is that part of what brought you to Oakland, particularly West Oakland? It is a huge part of what brought me to Oakland. And what have you been doing to get more involved or to, to deepen your understanding or how have you been proceeding so far? Um, it's hard to talk about this because it's, you never want, you want to always kind of come across as PC or whatever, but um, just trying to meet my neighbors, meet people who have been living in West Oakland in particular their whole lives and are getting... And you know, West Oakland is changing really rapidly, it's gentrifying really rapidly. I felt a lot of feelings as a upper middle class white person moving into West Oakland, um, having learned about gentrification in college and all the, the negative things about it. Basically, I've been just trying to get to know as many neighbors as possible, get to know the folks that hang out on the corner and just listen to anyone who will tell me anything about their life or their story. Um, and I think Peace Corps really prepared me to do that. I don't know if I would be doing that right now if I hadn't done the Peace Corps. What's your biggest concern moving forward? What, what are you nervous about? Um, I don't want to become complacent. I want to find ways to keep applying my Peace Corps experience here and keep sharing it more so than I am now even. And I also really want to figure out ways to help other people have that kind of opportunity and that kind of experience um, because I recognize that it was a privilege for me to do Peace Corps in the first place and it concerns me that the demographic of Peace Corps volunteers is not as diverse in all senses of that word as the U.S. population. How are you feeling about Peace Corps this four months, four months out? 
Oh man, I feel like Peace Corps is the gift that just keeps giving. It's like the gift that you didn't think was giving you anything at the time or that you didn't even, you didn't feel like you were gaining that much or you felt unhappy or you felt, you know, why did I do this? Did I make an impact? And then since I've been to the US, I just keep finding more and more things that it has, that, that experience gave me. Is there anything that you want people to know or anything you wish people knew? I'm still thinking about this, but I think it's really interesting and kind of unnerving that I had to go live in a different country for two years to be able to see my own country clearly. That's what's really interesting about the transition that everybody has to go through when they come back is there's people like you and I and like we finally just both got like serious kind of positions mm -hmm. after two years of being back. But people like Lauren, she just goes right to work after four months. Right. And some sometimes I feel like, you know, I probably would have taken a job if I had been offered a serious one that quickly, but I never was. So part of me is like, ah, how do they do it? Yeah, I knew I couldn't do it because I was never that type of person. Mm. I, um, I mean, I, my, you can ask my family from a very small age. I, my one of my goals was to never work in a cubicle. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your second album. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you you've recorded about four or five demos now, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and like from what I know about your second album, it seems a little more dark or a little more, um, I guess, introspective or kind of broody. Like, your first album, to me, strikes me as you you totally get that feeling of the Peace Corps experiences that you're having, but it also seems to be kind of bright and, like, we're going to go back to America and America's going to be great. And your second album <laughs> is a little more like, oh, wait, I've gotten back to America and America kind of sucks. It ain't now that great that, right Yeah, now. like, now that I have this perspective, I can see that America's kind of messed up. Yeah, this time around, you know, I think I'm I'm honing in. I want to be a little bit more bluesy, a little more like folk rock, some like Carol King power, um, rhythm, really rhythm based. I mean, I love Elvis Presley, so I want that like just like I don't know natural grit and um, yeah. This time around, it's a little bit more maybe angry, a little bit more out front this record won't sound like anything like the first one do you think that your second album do you think that you had like even more inspiration from your readjustment period than you did from your peace course absolutely because um i had process time yeah i had time to process what was happening during what i did during peace corps service um you know the good the bad and um i was able to I mean, that's why that those first six months was so crit critical for me is because I was able to just sit and think about what had just happened and yeah. what I was trying to do and kind of limit the PTSD, mm -hmm. you know, sort of to a, to a certain degree. I mean, it's, it was nothing, um, in, you know, crazy. I mean, nothing uh, to a insane degree of PTSD, but just try, you know, I, I did have it. I do feel yeah. like I've had some, you know... It as just... much PTSD as any Peace Corps volunteer is willing yeah. to admit to because, like, obviously, like, you know, you don't want to say that you have PTSD to the same degree as maybe a soldier does. Absolutely not. You know? No, no, no. But at the same time, I think 
And I think this probably happens with veterans as well, but I think probably the most difficult thing is coming back to America. And so I kind of feel like before I got back, there was a bit of PTSD probably, but then when I got back to America and realized like my eyes were sort of opened about all the work that needs to be done in America and how messed up America is, I I sort of, that was traumatic, I think. Yeah, and I think um, maybe the overwhelming sensation that you're only one person and you can only do so much. So exactly. kind of find what you can help out with right. and do that well. Right. And that's all you can really do. And I think that's hard for Americans yeah. to put their heads around is that if you do one thing well, then you've done it. Yeah. Then you've done something good. One thing that's almost ironic about what's happened is that now that you finally transitioned fully back to the U.S. and you're sort of like leaving that, you know, first album behind, you're now, you've been invited to go back to Morocco to do Mm -hmm. a national tour. Yeah, I've been invited back from the uh, American Language Centers who helped me out with my first album, um, The Center in Fez. And, you know, again, that was just something we had been talking, joking, jokingly talking about, oh, it'd be cool one day. And and now it's actually going to happen in November. And I'm excited to... um, I'm nervous to go back to Morocco. I'm excited to go back to Morocco um, and go back in this way. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting way to go back to your Peace Corps country. Yeah, it's going to be cool. You're going to be there, so it's going to be um, – you guys will see some of that video on the website, I assume. Yeah, yeah when, probably. By whenever it. we get it. Well, honestly, it, we're doing it in November. So if you're in if you're in Peace Corps Morocco or you're just in Morocco in November, you should go from city to city following yeah. Sakura's show, but... Um, follow the tour dates on Instagram. I That's suspect music. <laughs> with the holiday coming up right after that, probably the video will be done in like January or February, so yeah. a long time. But, Which may be when the album's out. I don't yeah, know. So Which perfect. is funny, because my first album came out in January 2012. Wow. So it might be... Same time. Three years later. Wow. Um, so let's listen to... What's the name of the... Imagination. So let's listen to one of the songs from your new album, Imagination.
are listening to the Poshcore Podcast with Alan and Sakura. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Poshcore. It's not at Facebook, is it? It's just Poshcore. Dot com slash. Twitter is at Poshcore. Instagram is Poshcore. You should just look up Poshcore and you'll find it, I'm sure. Hashtag. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and you can follow my Instagram at Sakura Music. You can find all the stuff uh, about the tour on there. Little video hints. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Don't say it isn't true. I know that.